Roll call. Mr. Lamar? Present. Mr. Kabicki? Present. Mr. Brokamp? Present. Okay, we stand for the Pledge of Allegiance. To the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Okay. Um, I'll make a motion to approve the signing of the meeting, regular meeting minutes, the regular meeting minutes of January 9, 2024. Do I or second? I'll second. Roll call. Mr. Lamar? Yes. Mr. Kubicki? Yes. Mr. Brokamp? Yes. Okay. Now we move on to open forms. Anybody signed in for open form? I don't have anybody signed in for open form. Okay. Okay. And before we get started, I kind of want to acknowledge one thing, and that was um, the major news event that uh, uh, that's kind of been going through the community because a lot of people have been asking about it, and it, it's been um, <clears throat> the major news event in the community, and that is the alleged plot to harm students and teachers at the Marymount High School. Many people have stopped me and asked me about it. People in our township uh, have kids that have attended Marymount uh, High School or have relatives that attend, and it's especially on the minds because it hits so close. It's been such a major news story. Thankfully, the alleged plot was discovered and stopped, and I've been in constant contact with the Marymount Police Chief Hines, and he's assured us that obviously there's no longer a threat to anyone in the community. And since the incident happened in Marymount, and the alleged perpetrator lives in Marymount, the Marymount Police have total jurisdiction over the case. Obviously, we will monitor it closely. I also want to take the time to thank the Marymount Police, uh, working closely with the FBI and the Hamilton County Prosecutor's Office. Uh, to contain the situation, and thanks to Chief Hines and Marymount Police uh, Lieutenant Pitsley for being involved with the case and, and doing what they did to contain the situation. I'd also like to take this time to acknowledge and thank Zach Swallen, who was the father who reported it to the police, and his son, Boone Swallen, for having the courage to step forward and report what he'd heard. The saying, if you see something, say something, really obviously is paramount and never meant more any of us than now. We obviously will continue to monitor the situation and let the flat facts play out. At least up, we at least had to acknowledge it, but it's under Marymount's jurisdiction uh, totally. Certainly, if there's anybody that wants to weigh in uh, on ideas to, to make the school safer and, and uh, better understand the situation, we'll certainly weigh in creatively, but it's Marymount's jurisdiction, so we're just glad the situation was contained. I felt like I needed to say something since so many people were whispering and talking about it. And if anybody had anything to add to it or that, we can move on to the regular meeting. Well said. Okay. Uh, that we move on to reports. Let's start with the fiscal officer's report with Ms. Heakin. Thank you. Um, January was the first month of our budget year, and so the numbers, the um, this is the only month of the year these numbers will be like this. The general fund ending balance was 3,793,722, which is a decrease of 8% from December. Restricted fund ending balance is 5,804,754, which is a decrease of 2% from December. These funds totaled are 9,598,476, which is down 4.4% from December. Revenues for January are 536,456, and expenses are 976097 um, and then the year-to-date expenses are the same as the month, uh, 536456 and expenses are the same, 976097 
Um, something new for the report is, um, and I'll do this quarterly as this comes in, the JEDZ business income tax revenue for the fourth quarter of 2023 that we receive in January of 24 is 288,267. So just to give you an idea of you know, what that contributes to, to helping to pay for our public services, um, as I say, the business revenues cover more than 80% of the cost of public services in Columbia Township. Um, our Hamilton County first half property tax revenues settlement will occur in March of 2024, and the second half then will occur in September. Um, thank you to Columbia Township's uh, board and administration for attracting and supporting businesses. Because of that, we can continue to provide our community with exceptional services at a lower cost to residents. Thank you. Any, any questions about the report? Uh, we move on to the road superintendent's report. Any questions about Mr. Frazier's report? Any comments? I'd like to point out a couple of things. What struck me about this, which happens every year or every month, um, you look at the diversity of what our crew does. So we have um, Dustin is overseeing the construction on the firehouse, which I'll, we'll talk about later in both my report and your report. And even though we've not had a very a typical winter in January the crew has already made 11 trips through the township for snow and ice removal and we've used 85 tons of salt um, and then there we have one of the crew members who's a welder and so he a car hit one of our really um, nice decorative trash cans in Plainville area and substantially damaged it he repaired it through what his welding skills which is a, you know a wow. side skill he has um, then there uh, repairing catch basin lids on roads. They're replacing mantles at the gas lights in Ridgewood. They went around and picked up all of the water bags from 300 and something trees. They were involved in the NED um, phase and they'll go back on in the summer. And they did maintenance on the equipment, trash pickup, brush pickup, and it goes on. And like, that's their day, that's their month, and this is our community and we're so fortunate to have them. So I thought that yes. was kind of neat. <clears throat> Okay. Um, that we move on to the administrator, which are right back to Ms. Taylor. Okay. Um, uh, as they say, uh, for anyone who's ever watched HGTV, by choice or by force, it's demo day. So I start the report with pictures from the first week of demo at the firehouse. Uh, and I talk about that a little bit later in the report, but those are just such tremendous pictures very soon changes start to happening and now I have a little more appreciation for why they get so excited on television about things because they come in and in a day things have totally changed. Um, on page uh, two I want to point your attention to Jed Z. Uh, I've started adding to my report um, the uh, amount that the uh, Jed Z typically generates uh, quarterly and then annually and because we just finished a year I dropped the annual amount so in 2023 the joint economic development zone which is the business the tax on business earnings and employee earnings on our business districts that is a joint district with Fairfax generated one million one hundred and fifty eight thousand eight hundred and eighteen dollars and frankly as we talk about in uh, fiscal officer he can presents in her report the resident levies uh, don't cover the cost of services, police, fire, waste, any of it. And so the um, Z is what makes it possible for us to continue 
funding uh, a high level of services at an extremely low cost to uh, the residents. And you can see a three-year snapshot uh, where the 115 was somewhat typical. We had a little bit of a spike last year at 14, but it was uh, before that it was 1,014,000. So I wanted to try to add that uh, to the report so that uh, I think it's really important that we continue to frame for discussions at the board as well as with the community um, what our sources of revenue are, how they are used toward the priorities that this board sets. And so you'll see the first couple of um, items so now on my uh, um, report are um, specific to revenue. So following Jed Z is our uh, next big one, which is medical marijuana revenue sharing. I mentioned late last year that even though Ohio voters passed issue two to legalize recreational marijuana, that Ohio legislators are planning on, even though the law already went into effect, they're planning on some level of changes to it. Uh, in the interim, we, as uh, David always encourages people to uh, you know, continue <coughs> to make use of uh, the facilities in Columbia Township, and we continue to um, use that funding, the board has always voted that funding to be invested directly in our neighborhoods uh, to uh, improve quality of life uh, and address issues for our um, community, whereas the Jet Z we use to actually uh, subsidize our contracted services for fire safety waste. So we have one serious fund and then one fund that we're able to do things that we would not have the ability to do as a community had that not been put into place. Um, uh, Little Miami uh, Fire and Rescue District, uh, we uh, just uh, cut a check today for our 2023 member subsidy uh, for uh, financial, through our financial <coughs> assistance memo of understanding with the fire district and joint with Fairfax. So uh, that's $145,000. And then every year from here forward, uh, it will be, uh, the payment will be split into two payments, April and November. And so in April, we'll uh, make another payment and then in November, we'll make another payment. So this is a catch-up year in 2024 where we're actually making the equivalent of two years worth of, worth of payments. So we're fortunate now that um, we're moving forward on that. That's settled. That was the last, one of the last, the last major, um, item on uh, the trustees and the council members of uh, the village of Fairfax list in terms of sustainability for the uh, fire, the Little Miami Fire District. Um, our events for this year, we'll have this posted if it's not already on the website. Our next one up is uh, less than a few weeks away, Saturday, March 9th, St. Patrick's Day, always a huge crowd favorite. And then Sunday, uh, May 5th, we'll be enjoying the Flying Pig tailgate. Uh, and then Saturday, June 1st, Margaritaville, Taste of Columbia Township. Saturday, August 3rd, Summer Concert, we'll be bringing a National Tribute Act in. And then we will have a Bengals tailgate in the fall. And then our Thursday, December 5th, tree lighting with Luminaria, Petting Barn, Santa Stops, and Carriage Rides. And that will be our last luminaria before the firehouse reopens in its new second act. So it's going to be really, uh, a, a really an enjoyable year. And then next year, everything is going to completely change. We also uh, participate in Fire District Neighbor Days, <coughs> supporting both Deer Park Silverton Fire District and Little Miami Fire uh, and Rescue 
with uh, Neighbor Days typically Deer Park Silvertons is in July and Little Miami's is in October and those dates are to be determined. Um, even though we're sitting in winter, uh, a, a good time to um, remind everyone that we just completed the second year of the two-year Neighborhood Economic Development Program, uh, which was paid for by our first year ever medical marijuana uh, community revenues. And uh, that was half a million dollars that the trustees decided to take that check from as it came into the township and turn around and completely pay it right back out directly into the neighborhoods. We had decorative street uh, sign changes and um, the Ridgewood Gaslight uh, neighborhood chose to refurbish. We did gr direct grants to all the neighborhoods with HOAs for them to do community neighborhood beautification. And then also we undertook uh, this two-year street tree uh, planting. We have, uh, I think, it, uh, more than 600 new street trees. Mm -hmm. So um, we will continue doing what is now called, as I have learned the vocabulary of uh, National Arborist, uh, a few words, like a different language, you just learn a little smattering. Uh, you certainly don't aren't fluent, but young tree care. So now that we have uh, put uh, two years worth of 600 plus new uh, trees into the ground, uh, we will be watering them and caring for them over the next couple of years. So somewhat like similar to toddlers. The uh, I want to uh, just mention under our uh, when we start talking about uh, what else are we. Where else are we investing our money and our time, frankly, um, in addition to the firehouse, which, which I've mentioned, the Plainville District Revitalization, we're working on 6805 Cambridge and then 6896 Murray. Over the couple of years that the board has had conversations at this table about what, what is the importance of investing in our business districts, you need only look at the Judd Z payments, the shortfall from the revenue that is comes in from the property taxes, and then you look at how do we cover that bill while we raise property taxes, or we look for, as we always say, other, other OPM, other people's money. Um, and so we look to the business districts, which are, are the three business districts collectively to us are generating close to a million two in additional revenue every year. And so why is it so important to continue investing in our business districts? That's why. And then from the business districts also come the medical marijuana. So there have been questions before about why does the township, why does Columbia Township buying property uh, and controlling property and redeveloping that property? And we have talked extensively about the purpose for that. If you leave it to chance, you get what you get. And so I thought this was interesting. This article, sorry, this article just came out. There's a group of suburbs that are considered the, uh, the first suburbs. So outside the city of Cincinnati, all of the communities that are within the Beltway are considered the first suburbs, even though people think of the suburbs now as Mason or Westchester or even beyond. So there's a consortium, and they have different writers that come in and uh, comment on subjects and so this article was featured in a recent publication and I'm only going to read a couple of points and I think that um, I jokingly say this but they could have been watching our trustee um, meetings and just put this down and
put it under the name of a different community. It's exactly what we talk about, and so I thought this was really important. I wanted to share, and I put a copy in your packet. Sharonville controls its downtown's destiny. So it talks about when buildings, after many years of being something local, in this case, a hardware store. Well, we had a hardware store, and you see now, fortunately, um, what was done uh, by private investment with the Madison House Coffee, but the importance of making sure that when these historic um, buildings or buildings that have, in this case, they talk about a memory of 90 years, well, uh, the Plainville Business District and Madison Place were platted more than 100, almost 100 years ago. So this is a very, very similar downtown Sharon uh, to us as well. Um, it talks about when properties become suddenly vacant. This can spell trouble for a small district, business district, when the community is working to attract locally owned merchants. It's important to preserve a small town vibe. And so those are the conversations that we've had as well. Um, <coughs> by the community buying and controlling the property, officials and the community can determine the best use for it in keeping with the community's long-term vision in developments, site control is important and even more important when the site is an icon of the community. And I would <coughs> say that anything fronting Murray, anything fronting Plainville uh, is uh, you know, especially important for us. I loved this quote. I've heard you say this in, in different ways. Instead of just rolling the dice to see what might go in there, you need to take the opportunity in a thoughtful and deliberate manner to figure out what is most beneficial next for your downtown. And then it goes on to talk about uh, models for controlling business districts' destinies, and they cite in um, the city of Cincinnati a, a, a urban redevelopment group uh, that was formed, and this, this was for really large neighborhoods, um, that uh, has acquired more than $85 million worth of property and has been successful in bringing two aging neighborhood buildings locally owned restaurants, coffee shops, and locally owned retail tenants. And now the demand is small scale apartments. So I wanted to say that what we're doing here and what we sometimes are questioned about, we're as leading edge as other big communities and we're doing the right thing. And so I wanted to bring that out. Appreciate that. Um, okay, firehouse. Oh boy. Wow. Um, so construction began February 5th on our nearly 75-year-old uh, uh, firehouse. Uh, construction is, is estimated uh, to be completed by the end of the year. And as you're aware, late last year, the trustees awarded the construction contract to Perkins and Carmack Construction. We've made it through pre-construction phases, contract completion, uh, contract signing, and every. They've been a wonderful to work for. So we've been really pleased with um, them so far. Um, and um, we are going to, we're in the process of installing a security camera on a pole in the air that will look down on the entire Madison Place Firehouse site. Uh, it is for security for construction, but we also, I think I've mentioned this before, we're just waiting for uh, a permit and then the camera to go up and then we'll be able to do this. We're going to live stream time-lapse uh, video 
to the website of the construction. So you can, like you do, if anyone has home cameras, you can just kind of, kind of scroll through different time periods and see, and when some big equipment pulls up or yeah. things start to go vertical, you can, you can actually watch it. So we'll announce that and uh, make sure that the link is uh, easily, easily found. So really excited about that. Um, and um, I think I only have two other, a couple of other items under roads. Just a, real, a really quick announcement that I believe is now public. Um, but ODOT announced that they are going to be rehabilitating the Norwood Lateral, which is State Route 562, uh, this year. And so um, eastbound is going to be entirely closed for just shy of three months, starting in March, so March, April, May. And then they're going to open eastbound, leave westbound open for the week of Memorial Day weekend, just because of the significant travel that happens nationally. And then once Memorial Day weekend is o over, they are going to close entirely westbound, again, for you know 80 to 90 days. So that will push a lot of traffic onto local streets. They are working very closely with uh, law enforcement and others in the communities about, you know, what that means and what that's going to be. So, uh, and that that also probably is already out on ODOT's website, but we just got the information a week or so ago. So I wanted to share that. And then shifting to local roads, um, we uh, have learned that Cambridge East, third time's a charm, <laughs> at least in this case, uh, was recommended for funding by the Ohio Public Works Commission. So it might be a charm, but in, in actuality, the, the projects <coughs> that were ranked higher because they were worse in the scale of all county roads, they've all gotten the money the prior two years. And so now we're up at the top of, of at near the top of the list. So we're going to get that. I've mentioned before that's going to be a very expensive road. It probably will be the most expensive road we've ever done in the history of the community. Uh, million seven to two million. We'll know more once we get into design. Um, I believe it's a 50% grant, 50% loan, uh, no um, interest 30 years, which is a really nice spread. So again, we're not obligated to anything. We just um, expect that we will receive, it'll be July 1 before we would receive a written confirmation and a, an agreement to actually sign that we do want the grant loan combo and that we do plan to move forward with the project. So I'll bring that back before the trustees in a couple of months uh, or, or maybe early summer. We can have that conversation again. We'll have a little better understanding of kind of what that additional debt would look like um, on an annual basis. Uh, and also it's going to be a really challenging road, but we'll talk about that closer to it because of the density of parking. Is, is this like other roads uh, design 2023 and at some point, I mean, sorry, 2024 would be the design, mm -hmm. 2025 would be construction, some point in 2025. Mm -hmm. <laughs> You've talked a lot. Sorry, I keep losing my voice. <laughs> um, design, it potentially can be designed. I can't begin design because the design is right. part of the um, grant. Fortunately, because in some cases we've had to pay for design outside just to elevate the scoring for the project. So um, we'll begin this. So the design will be in the latter half of 2023. And then um, we're not yet certain that we can construct it entirely in 2024. 
until 2025. I'm sorry, 2025 yeah. until we have a displaced parking plan. Okay. So uh, that's something that's going to be really important. Good problem so to have. So we're able to do it all at once, yeah. and everybody shifts. Yeah. <coughs> Sorry, excuse me. Or if we have to do it in phases, which will actually cost more, but then, but then we'll be able to manage parking that way. Um, <coughs> let's see if I have anything. Uh, we're still working on the shifting back to ODOT. We're still working. Uh, it turns out to be very complicated, but we're still working on the ODOT's abandonment of Wooster Lane, the old section of US 50, to us. At the beginning of this year, they anticipated that they would have abandoned it to us already. And um, we went ahead and with legal support, support from their legal and our legal, went ahead and took over the maintenance of the area and the road we went ahead and did as part of MED. Uh, a really lovely landscaping install. So, but we still technically don't <coughs> own the road, but that's just on paper. We're still, we're moving forward as if we already do, and it's just a matter of uh, a couple of uh, documents being wrapped up between their legal, county legal, and our legal. And um, that's it that I can think of, unless you have any questions for me. No, and the old booster lane, since we've taken that back over, I mean, I know we all have some suggestions to say now that it's ours that make it look better, because before it looked like a bit of an orphan of an art road. We're talking about the strip of Worcester Pike as you leave the regular Columbia Township head down to Terrace Park, mm -hmm. where it's been kind of abandoned. And uh, we went and used Ned Naper to economic development grant money to go invest in that, and it just looks so much better. Even the mayor of Te uh, Terrace Park, Topper Teppy, did call me and wow. say, uh, wow, you guys, because <coughs> he drives by it every so we did that mm -hmm. for you. <laughs> um, but it's just nice, just again, upping the brand of Columbia Township. You don't want somebody to go, okay, they own that ugly neighborhood, so or, or that ugly abandoned road, or what have you. So, just nice. I have one question. Um, the community events um, with the Madison Place Firehouse construction. Do we? Are we going to play it by ear a little bit on where we we, we have final locations for each we're, of these events? Okay. We are Chandra and Laura. <laughs> Yeah, we were on that last year. Okay, thank you. Great point. Um, there are still some logistics to sort out. Um, we're going to uh, possibly move uh, one. Yeah. Um, for pig, we're looking at actually just shifting to sixty-eight ninety-six. Oh, perfect. Uh, so we're just going to be a little um, up and. Um, <clears throat> for Margaritaville, that's one of the ones that has so many moving parts. The reason that we have laid it out the way it is laid out is because specifically the inflatables have to have a certain height yep. and there's only so many power lines that we can fit them under. Yeah. And because the inflatables are delivered that morning, other things are delivered on Friday and not picked up until Monday, like the stage. Well, that will impact people's access to their houses or their businesses. So, we basically put together a almost like a. Uh, what, we looked at every single item that goes onto the pavement or in the building and said, where is it going to go? Where could it go? And we're working through that list. And so, okay. the um, rental companies is scheduled to come out and look at all the lines and see if we can move. So we basically want to just shuffle everything around, but it may involve, instead of just closing the road the morning of, uh, the day of the event, it may end up that we 
work with a, a couple of the businesses and the homeowners, and we, uh, in order to continue to do it there, we would we would have to close the road at some time on Friday and not reopen it until Monday. But there's other ways to get around, so we just have to make sure we're not impacting businesses and provide you know that. So it's going to be a lot of work. Yeah. But we're committed to trying to keep um, as many of them close to their typical locations. Okay. Kind of hard to move big. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right. Thank you. Okay. That's, That's a awesome very, good, very good point. It's a great way for me to say that the Chandler, yes. it's like they're already doing thousands of details, literally, as you know, for every event. And yep. it's just it's like, okay, let's just pick this up for one year and do it in a totally different place. And then we're going to be bringing it back. And so how do we do it completely differently, yet the it, same? This Hopefully this, this, this does not sound critical, but when I first started, we'd be like, yeah, let's throw an event next month, right? We'd scramble <laughs> and throw an event together. Now we're planning a, over a year in advance on these events. And so mm -hmm. it's a tribute to this team and especially Lauren and Chandra, as you mentioned, and the community for showing up to the events and they keep growing and getting better. So it's making so much progress. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, having Lauren and Chandra was a game changer. Yeah. Um, I think that was your recommendation. <laughs> yep. I don't know you, about that. You That's knew, I didn't know that because that, we share her with Fairfax. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, that was a total game changer. Okay. Uh, any questions about Dustin Montgomery's economic development report or anything you want to highlight? Mm. Okay. Then we move on to the police report with uh, the wonderful Lieutenant Good Neighbor. Good Neighbor. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <clears throat> I. And I believe uh, I had it mentioned last meeting about the upcoming DEA drug take back. We're going to be doing that again. Uh, I know it's early and often I repeat myself on this type of event, but it is a really good event for the community to be able to get rid of old medications. Um, it's going to be April 27th uh, from 10 until 2 at our district substation up on Montgomery Road, 6943 Montgomery Road. Um, you know, it seems like every it seems like we have a repeat and rinse and repeat of having this event. But every time we do it, we gather at least two boxes that are you know three, four foot tall boxes of medications that are taken off the streets. It's not polluting the waterways. It's, it's doing a real good thing. So, uh, just a reminder: no needles, no liquid uh, medications. But we do take the pill forms, and they're destroyed properly. So we're going to be having that again this year, uh, this this upcoming April. Um, we, as, as the trustees know, uh, with the reports that I sent out to them, that a lot of there's a lot of product for the public out there. You may not know about this, but we inform them a lot of the statistics that we give out and keep everybody informed and the, the trustees informed as to what's going on with the trends. Um, what's behind that, uh, that the public may or may not know about is our intelligence unit. And uh, part of the intelligence unit is they, they have pushed out uh, different ways to communicate to the community, um, you know, a, a means for them to communicate with us without fear or, fear of reprisal or whatever else like that. So if you didn't know, there is an anonymous tip line based on uh, the line of events in Marymount. Uh, I thought I'd mention that we have an anonymous tip, uh, tip line. We have one that is a email and there's also one that is a phone number. Can be anonymous as you want it to be, but if you know about a crime, you can report it to 513-586-5533. Uh, Again, that's 513-586-5533. Uh, 
or you can email the intelligence unit at intel, um, intel unit, just like it sounds, I-N-T-E-L-U-N-I-T, at hcso.org. So if you ever have a crime that you want to report, or maybe something going on in your community you want to share with us. Um, some people have learned about this from the website, the Hamilton County Sheriff's website, uh, that's out there so that you can report crimes anonymously. And some of the members of our community here in Columbia Township have actually reached out to us through this intelligence hotlines that we do have available to you. So if you forget where it is, you can go to the Hamilton County Sheriff's Office website and find that there. Uh, lastly, uh, our, uh, we've been working on traffic and we've talked about that the last couple of um, months is that we're really working on our traffic enforcement and especially with the springtime coming up making sure that everybody's safe out in the community and trying to slow people down a lot of people have been speeding a lot over the last few months actually over the last year or so I've noticed a trend of a lot of speeding going on so we've really upped our game with the traffic enforcement um, so you might see your officers out making a lot more traffic stops than you're used to seeing um, in fact uh, as far as you know, going out there and finding people that are driving under suspension and without insurance, all these things are really important to all of us to make sure they're not out sharing the roadways with us. Um, our officers have basically tripled their amount of tickets they've written, and I've seen a very large trend of those, the, the tickets that are being written are simply just for driving under suspension and not having insurance. So uh, as a side note to traffic enforcement for speeding, this is also helping us in the community. So if you've ever been involved in an accident, you've been in an uninsured motorist accident, it is an absolute train wreck of a nightmare. And I've been through it personally myself. So um, what my officers are doing here in Columbia Township are really up in their game in that regard and uh, seeing a lot of those people off the streets. So that's all I have to say right now. Thank, thank you. Any questions? Nope, very good. Can I, may I say that once the um, Norwood lateral change begins when the <clears throat> first closure happens. Let's talk about having the kind of the west side patrol guys in the you know Highland County Ridgewood you know mm -hmm. all of that. Um, do we have any um, issue areas? that if we worked with the county or whomever to adjust signal timing or something like that may make things move more smoothly. Do we need to do any type of um, adjustment? Mm -hmm. So let's let's talk about that closer to the day. That, like I said, March, so next month. And you you we can anticipate and do modeling all day long, but we won't know until it happens and it'll be worse in the beginning and then until people get into a new routine because a lot of people do use GPS, but many don't, surprisingly. Um, I always joke that I don't, the only place I go without GPS is to the bathroom. Because um, people say, why would you use it on your way home? You know the way home. It's not about knowing the way home. It's about adjusting your route when things happen. And so I, I have one word for everyone through all this GPS uh, because it will reroute you. But I think that what my knowledge of having you know, been a generalist in road and transportation engineering on my career is that it takes um, typically 30 days for things to really settle in. Um, not necessarily calm down, but settle into what it's going to be. Um, and because the closures will be about 30 for the, for the uh, 
three months for the one direction. We really, really would have like one month of seeing what the impact's going to be and really understanding how we can make some adjustments if it's appropriate because we have so few roads in that area that are really under our control. Um, and then, but we will if we can, and then it'll switch, right? And it'll be a whole new kind of 30 days settling in. Not that we wouldn't be responsive, <coughs> right, in the first 30 days, but it, it is just, you know, part of the public education pieces is going to be uh, uh, potentially um, very problematic early on, and then it'll be a predictable problem for the remainder of the construction project, and then it'll switch and start all over again. So let's definitely sit and talk about how we can make sure that, um, you know, you guys are on the lookout for that. We let residents, you know, Ridgewood and other provide um, feedback I to us. I suspect we'll probably uh, incorporate our traffic safety unit uh, into that piece okay. and, uh, and work with the engineers, et cetera. So if there's any kind of signage that we need to work out, something that I would probably work out with Dustin and uh, for, mm -hmm. in furtherance of that, if there happens to be any traffic patterns that we have to reroute, redo, detour, pass, you know, during those, those traffic yeah. times. Because so definitely, might, like you said, if you would the first couple of weeks when we had, when we had the, the, uh, yeah. the, the construction yeah. going on Walton Creek, you know, we had to adjust. Mm -hmm. and we had to figure out a better way and a better plan of dealing with that. And, and there's going to be the confusion. And then people figured it out. Yeah. In the beginning, you're right. It, it mm -hmm. will absolutely be like that. Because um, a lot of times the calls involved. the first few weeks, when there's a request, you need to do this or you need to do this or why why are you letting this happen? That may only be happening that first few weeks because, like I said, you have certain people who use GPS and it'll reroute, um, and it may reroute on local roads. Likely will on some local roads, not not necessarily all of ours or in, any or many of ours, but just to be prepared for it. Uh, but there will be people who don't use it and they have no clue. Once they get off their regular route, they have no clue where they are and what they're doing. So you know, problems in those initial weeks just may just have to be. Let's just let us hear about them. You guys look at it, and then then let's all sit down and look at what um, you know might be appropriate for the following few months. Um, but not be so we would not be so reactive the first few weeks because it's not even going to be indicative of anything that would would be more uh, ongoing uh, until people learn their new routes, and then we know what our impact truly is, and then we'll, we'll take care of it. So sorry to digress on that, but a, a good point. Okay. I don't know, we had Rich, uh, a number of people from Ridgewood, um, fiscal officer, he can see this neighborhood that watch. Hello to Linnea, we always say. Uh, and uh, uh, we've uh, we've got you guys. We'll have you. Okay. That we move on to the Little Miami Fire District and the Deer Park Silverton Fire District reports with Mr. Lamar, and we want to acknowledge that we have Chief Meter, Chief Sitsky in the audience as well. Hello, thank you for coming. A um, couple of quick updates. The first one is that um, the little the district had a 1993 E1 fire truck and had been sitting in the old firehouse on Murray for quite a while. Um, timing worked out really well that we had to get rid of that in order to do the construction that we're doing now, and it was sold. So I want to give kudos to the chief for um, taking charge of that and leading that That's effort cool. and getting that out of the way for so we can turn it into something new. Kind of cool, right? Um, the second thing I want to acknowledge, um, we talked about this at a, of the fire board meeting, I think in December, so it's a little bit old, but I wanted to mention this story because it's I think it's incredible. Um, our crews were dispatched to the McDonald's on Columbia Parkway at about 6.30 in the morning 
and there was a woman who was non-responsive, and our, our crew shows up. You bailed Wooster Pike. Yeah, Wooster Pike. What did I say? Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> oh, gosh. Yeah. In Columbia <laughs> Township. Um, so our, our EMS crew shows up. They assess the patient. Um, they start transporting the hospital, and they made extra effort and called this woman who was um, uh, not very conscious and called her parents. Through this conversation, they learned that the, there was an exhaust leak in her car. And so the, the, our crew then called the hospital to give an update. It's like, hey, there's uh, an exhaust leak. Um, she was, she was, um, had high levels of carbon monoxide that they identified after that. And um, carbon monoxide poisoning and hypothermia. And she was since released and suffers no effects from the incident. And so I think that kudos to our crew for just going above and beyond, calling a parent, calling back the hospital, taking care of that patient, could have gotten very serious. And so um, we have like a neighborhood feel, I think, and that's what um, makes me happy when things like that happen. So I wanted to mention that in all chat. Great story. And then the last thing for Deer Park Silverton is my favorite time of year is they release, you have a better copy, this uh, Joint Fire District Annual Report. And it is like a book. It's full of pictures. It's amazing. If you want to go to page 34, you might see a picture of me um, right there with Lauren and Chandra. And um, it's just fantastic to get that annual report. It's so detailed. And I want to give credit to Chief Meter for sending that out each year. It's just a good summary. These are public reports, by the way. Um, Chief Sifke will also have one. And you can request it. It's an electronic version. And it's kind of fun little reading. Is this on your website? <clears throat> I don't know if it is yet or not. Sorry to put you on the spot. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I have to check with the so people because it's. We generally do put it on there, but we've been a little hectic, so I'll double check my brain. I use that same excuse with David when he asked me if something's on my website. I'm like, I'm, I'll, I'll check on that. It's been hectic. <laughs> <laughs> See? Here we go. Thank you. And we have a copy here if anybody wants to swing by and get it. Okay. Uh, if that is, are we have any questions about the fire reports? Okay, that we move on to trustees' reports. Do we have anything to report? I have a, I have a little one. Yeah, you go. <laughs> We're ready, willing, and able. So in each January, I file stuff, and I look at documents around development, and I put flooding stuff in different folders. And I came across this document here. Um, this is a Columbia Township 2021 Community Priorities. And um, we discussed this at the end of 2020. And I know that I was brand new in 2020. Melissa Taylor was brand new in 2020. Lauren was very brand new at the end of 2020. And I was just looking through this to see if we accomplished it. And I wanted to kind of go through this to, because I'm really proud of this. The first thing was pedestrian safety and connectivity. Since then, we have a new crosswalk on, on, um, on uh, Wooster Pike in front of 50 and, West uh -huh. and on Plainville in front of the coffee shop. We lowered the speed limits on the coffee shop. We um, completed Murray Path. We're partners in that. And we, the Little Miami Trail extension will happen and was opened. And we'll, we've also have, had funding to complete it into Marymount. And Marymount has also um, agreed to um, complete it. So that was a check. Um, economic support to keep restaurant doors open and people employed. And we obviously did that. This was a great idea that many other communities copied off of us. This is kudos to Ms. Taylor and, and um, President Kabicki here. Um, fully reimbursed Federal CARES Act. Um, a refresh for Marymount Promenade was part of that. We created outdoor dining. That was kind of unique in the area to help those businesses. All those businesses survived, which was fantastic. Um, boost neighborhood property values. 
they've boosted so much people are complaining about them um so we accomplished that um continue to build new business revenue we've had record jet as you mentioned earlier the last three years transition fire and police to sustainable long-term models and that was a big one that we should be very proud of that both of those are now um, transitioned to long-term stability and models that's fantastic um renew waste and recycling levy not only did we renewed it we reduced it um, community building and engagement. Imagine all the things we've done with engagement and our parties and newsletters and the way that we try to get information to people, not just the gatherings and events, but also the way that we reach people. Um, NED, we were just at the beginning stages of thinking about NED at the time. We planted 611 trees, the gas lamps, all the signage. Um, safe neighborhood streets was a priority. We've since put up 12 different speed signs in the community. Um, and we, we increased the uh, police contract as well, about $50,000 a couple of years ago. And this, I didn't read the whole thing. I just think when sometimes you don't think about it on a month to month or a week to week basis. When you look back three years later, it's something this board should be very proud of. Um, I'm happy to be part of this and all the hard work that it took to get here. This was not easy. Um, this was stressful. It was a lot of hours, a lot of work. And so thank you to Ms. Taylor and the team. And a lot of the ideas came from yeah. um, David Kubicki. A lot of those ideas came from him. Ideas, implementation. So. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, they, Thomas said it's what, uh, inventions 99% perspiration, 0% <laughs> inspiration. So yeah, but you've got to have the 1% so inspiration or you don't get that. the perspiration. Yeah, yeah. So, so, that was yeah. interesting. Mm -hmm. So no, that was very Thanks good. for sharing it. Very yeah. interesting. Yeah. So I appreciate that. Uh, anything to add? Okay. It's hard to follow up with that. Okay, that we move on to communications. Anything, uh, any questions about the communications? And the good news, we have a short group of resolutions, or only one resolution today. Singular. Singular. That's always nice. And it's one reading. There we go. Let's go. So let's go to the resolution. This is a record for me in four years. Let's go. <clears throat> um, resolution 2403. 2024 to supplement Columbia Township's 2024 annual appropriation, which was resolution 2360. This is one reading only um, when we need to add an unexpected uh, expense to the budget. Uh, we had a sinkhole on Buckingham that was actually repaired last fall, but the contractor didn't send the invoice until January. Uh, so we have to add additional money to the budget for that. Uh, you know, as we get into the year and more expenses come up that we're not anticipating, we, this process lengthens, but um, a short one for the beginning of the year. So this is a one reading only if there are no questions. Okay, I make a motion to approve. Do I hear a second? I'll second. Roll call. Mr. Lamar? Yes. Mr. Kubicki? Yes. Mr. Brokamp? Yes. There's no other readings, that's it. I'm just not used to it. <laughs> <laughs> I have to decide three times. Let me look at my papers. <laughs> okay. All right, that I make a motion to approve the payment of Regis. bills, bank reconciliation, and financial reports. Do I hear a second? A second. Roll call. Mr. Lamar? Yes. Mr. Kavicki? Yes. Mr. Brokamp? Yes. Uh, then I make a motion of the signing and minutes of re and resolutions. Do I hear a second? I'll second. <laughs> Roll call. Mr. Lamar? Yes. Mr. Kvicki? Yes. Mr. Brokamp? Yes. And uh, with that, I guess we wish everybody a happy Valentine's Day tomorrow. Do all the right things you need to do. Or the wrong things. Um, <laughs> I make a motion that we adjourn. Do I hear a second? Second. Roll call. Mr. Lamar? Yes. Mr. Kvicki? Yes. Mr. Brokamp? Yes.